0: Welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. This is John Murphy, and it's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast John Manzini. John is the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Pittsburgh Life Sciences Greenhouse. By way of introduction, many of our prior podcast guests have been scientists who are are developing new technologies, and it's my pleasure to welcome John, who brings another important aspect of bringing technologies to the forefront. I'll let John explain that in his introduction, but, John, welcome, and perhaps you can just uh, give us a brief introduction and overview to what the Pittsburgh Life Sciences Greenhouse
1: is. Thanks, John. I appreciate the time uh, spent today to let me talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Life Sciences Greenhouse. Uh, we are a partnership uh, with state, uh, local universities, and the local foundations here in Pittsburgh, the Purpose is to bring uh, Pittsburgh Life Sciences in- industry uh, into the global market and to have Western Pennsylvania be recognized as a leader in that global market. We were formed about six years ago uh, with Tobacco Settlement Fund investments and investments from the foundations, and we have since uh, developed a nice strong environment here for growing life sciences companies. There were three greenhouses formed uh, back in 2001, 2002 in Pennsylvania for the purposes of advancing life sciences technologies. Ours is the one in the western part of the state. There's one in central and one in eastern. We have 20 counties uh, which we uh, uh, manage and work with to try to bring technology to market. So our key concept here is a is a concept called the uh, the, the concept commercialization model, and it is a model whereby we bring uh, ideas from the minds of researchers, individual entrepreneurs, into our uh, pipeline. And uh, the purpose of that is to uh, try to decide whether or not. This idea is commercially marketable, whether we can uh, attain uh, interest and funding from venture capital community and whether this uh, this idea can be built into a company and bring technology to the market as far as life sciences are concerned. So when we bring these uh, these ideas in and we form companies, and by the way we've worked with over 270 so far in our six-year history, we put these companies and these entrepreneurs through our uh, stimulator grants through our funding and mechanisms through our uh, programs that we have here at the greenhouse to start the company and then uh, formulate the stra- business strategy. And ultimately, our objective is to connect the company to the pr- proper capital that they need to advance them forward and hopefully get them to the market. The, uh, the one key program we have here that differentiates the greenhouse from a- any other greenhouse and also probably any other economic development organization in the country is the uh, POSG Executive Program. And that program is one that, again, is very unique, and it um, allows us to bring in experienced uh, talent from outside the region, uh, largely, uh, that has skills, uh, talent that has skills in um, advancing companies forward. It has experience at C-level positions like CEOs and, and CTOs of major companies to use that experience to help form, formulate these companies' business strategies and ultimately get them to market. So we hire these uh, experienced executives, bring them into our program, and then we allow them to work for a period of a couple of years with dozens of our companies, helping them to go forward. And the whole whole concept is to allow these individual executives to find the company they want to take out as, as chief executive officer or, or another high um, C-level position. And so far we've been able to uh, rotate uh, 16 people out of 26 that are going through their program so far out into the community in sea level positions, and that's that's quite remarkable actually. This program is structured such that it is in place to bring talent into the region and also retain talent that's here in the region from from escaping and going somewhere else. The overall objectives of the greenhouse are around providing capital, connectivity, people, and space to our companies and. As I mentioned, we have 275 companies we work with. We've invested directly in 50 of those companies for almost $12 million. And that investment has leveraged almost $4 million of outside capital coming into the region. So, from the number standpoint, and created lots of jobs as well. So, from a number standpoint, it's quite a success, and the capital has been used quite wisely. The uh, source of innovation, as I mentioned, come from largely from the universities here in the Pittsburgh region, from University of Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon, Duquesne. But we have other technology coming from Waynesburg College, from the Windber Research Institute, uh, east of us. So we're, we're finding technology and we're bringing it into the region. Uh, also from outside the region, 11 companies were invited to come into the Pittsburgh region and, and grow their technologies here, and we're quite happy about that. We created jobs. We also Uh, allow the companies to incubate here in the Pittsburgh Life Sciences incubator. We have about 20,000 square feet of space, about 13,000 is in the building where I'm sitting in right now. Another 7,000 is across the river at PLSG West. Two facilities, 20,000 square feet of space, but really more importantly about half of that is lab space, and wet lab space. Very difficult to find here in the region uh, outside of the universities and we secure this space and provide it for our incubator companies and our portfolio companies.
0: John, this is very interesting and I appreciate you taking this time to do this introduction. Uh, I had the uh, opportunity to look at your website and you have this entrepreneurial guide that you feature where it talks about the various stages of a company, namely the seed stage, early stage growth, and then a mature stage. Uh, I'm not sure that many of our listeners understand the, the life cycle of a piece of technology, both from the, the steps that are required and the time it takes to go from a gleam in somebody's eye uh, to a piece of a technology that may be mature enough to consider the economic aspects of it. Uh, can you just share with us a little bit the,
1: the, the steps and the timing that's involved? Sure. Uh, first, obviously, is a seed stage where uh, most of our companies lie about half of the 270 companies we're working with now are in seed stage, and that means they're just they're just getting planted. They're just getting started. They're formulating their ideas. They're getting uh, their business strategy wrapped up, and we help them with all, all those uh, issues w- with our executives and residents and our overall executive program. And if you think about that as a pipeline, which uh, I always do, is our seed stage companies then morph into the early stage companies as they become more successful. And as they uh, acquire more capital into the company, both from other economic development organizations like the Greenhouse, and also but also from uh, angel angel funders and uh, early stage venture funders, and then as the company starts to generate revenue and they start their model starts working, then veteran capital investment, which which are the bigger dollars, come into the company. And then hopefully, uh, companies will mature and slash exit, which means um, they've acquired enough interest and they've become successful enough that they have now gotten their product into the market and, have, and they've um, uh, made a return for the early stage investors. And that's very important for the early funders to get a return on their equity and also for the products to get to market. And just to give you an idea of the timetable here, uh, most of our companies, well by half our companies actually are medical device companies, uh, largely because the time and cost it takes us to get to market is, is a lot less than it that is for a therapeutics company, for example, a pharmaceutical company. And also that this region is is um, uh, more condoning metabases and 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 uh, solutions that fix problems in that regard versus pharmaceutical angle. Uh, we don't have that many ph- pharmaceuticals in our region, but that is a step, that portion of our business is starting to grow. But anyway, we are moving these companies through this uh, pipeline. And our very first investment by the greenhouse was six years ago into a company called Renal Solutions. That was our very first investment. It was a mere ninety thousand dollar seed stage investment to to hire the first few employees, to, to form the legal uh, process to get the company formed here in Pittsburgh. And just about nine months ago, that company was sold for $200 million. So that was a six-year successful exit, our biggest exit so far. We've had two others. But the, between the six and five and 10-year time frame is about what it takes to get a medical device or a other life sciences uh, product from concept to commercialization again back to the name of our business model so in
0: terms of renal solutions uh, maturity as we know it today and you described a 6 year process uh, through the uh, commercial incubation of that technology and that company if i'm not mistaken there was a, a fair number of years of in the laboratory research before it was
1: feasible to consider forming
0: a company. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's true, and that, that's uh, that's the case for all of our companies. We try to uh, grab them uh, as, they, as they're exiting the research cycle. Uh, we're, we're all about commercialization. We're not about funding more research. So companies like Reno and other companies would have received early stage grants, uh, SBAR funds, other grants from the federal government that would allow them to do their research and maybe some private uh, equity to do that. but. When they can see us, they're ready, then their product, um, the research is done, and they're ready to take their product to market, and that's where we start. So this idea of 10 to 20 years from uh, an idea to
0: a viable commercial product is uh, reality?
1: Uh, 10, 20 years is reality definitely for a, uh, a product that's that's in the uh, pharmaceutical side and a bi- biotech and the diagnostic side because there's lots of research has to be done. In the medical device, it can be quite a bit less than that, and I think that is the one main reason why half of our companies are medical device companies.
0: John, very interesting. Uh, can you give us a bit more insight into the
1: portfolio of companies that uh, you uh, proudly have nurtured and are encouraging to move forward? Well, our companies uh, address many disease states and uh, are creating health care solutions for problems that face all of us. And, and cancer is leading the way with early detection and treatment um, uh, technologies. Cardiovascular disease for heart attack and stroke, respiratory is um, uh, generating lots of product interest these days with um, uh, a COB, COPD technologies, autoimmune and inflammatory disease technologies like arthritis, diabetes, and so forth. Neurodegenerative diseases like A L S and Parkinson's. Uh, surgical applications disease monitoring is gaining popularity, and we're we're playing in all these areas and. The PLSG provides, uh, as I mentioned, the, the talent, and the capital, and the, uh, the space uh, to move these companies forward and uh, trying to get them to, to the to the bigger money to the market. Um, one of the things we're we're very proud of is we've been able to to see some commercialization so far with several of our companies, and as I mentioned, three exits so far. But for us, it's all about getting the healthcare solutions to the market. It's not about just creating jobs and, and, and creating some level of economic development that's very important. But if we don't get products to market to help improve the quality of life of the, of the world's population, then we have not succeeded. And that is our overall objective.
0: You, had, you We've talked briefly before about renal solutions, and I'm not sure many of our listeners know about what their their product line is. Perhaps we just briefly share with the uh, audience what, what business they're in. Sure. Renal Solutions
1: is in the uh, um, kidney dialysis um, area, and they've designed a technology that that provides for uh, at- home treatment for renal disease. If you if anybody is aware of a patient on dialysis, it's a very painful, drawn out process. Um, three to four days per week, four to five hours a day, hooked up to a device in a clinical setting, uh, not in your home, uh, away from your loved ones. Um, it's very weakening. It's it's a very um, a tiring process. It, it also is very complicated, and it uses some four to four to five hundred gallons of pure water is required for this process to take place. Renal's solution, renal solution solution, is to allow this to take place at the home with about a gallon and a half of tap water. So their uh, innovative, novel technology and proprietary technology allows this device to be uh, sitting next to the, someone's bedside, hooked up at night. The, uh, the treatment can be done overnight while the patient is sleeping, and then the patient c- can get up and have a very active, productive day. So it's all about uh, ease of uh, the solution, quality of life of the patient for the renal solutions uh, product.
0: So, John, uh, that's certainly an excellent description of renal Solutions and what they do and their, their innovative approach, uh, and I know you have, based on your prior comments, 270 companies in your portfolio, so we're not going to uh, be able to highlight many of them, and certainly not all of them, but perhaps a few more examples of the emerging technologies
1: that uh, would be of interest to our listeners. Well I could talk for a long time with, for about many of our companies, John, but a few of the uh, the up and comers here uh, that're worth noting are a company called uh, Clear Count Solutions, which is a technology that allows for the tracking of surgical sponges uh, using an RFID uh, application it 's very important because um, mo- most often the sponges sponges are left inside patients after surgery and they 're hard to find in the in the areas of the surgical application, and this technology will help locate those, fun, those sponges, ensure that they're not left in the patient, uh, ensure for proper healing of the patient, and no legal um, problems for the, uh, the doctor or clinic. Uh, another one of our companies that I'm, I'm very um, uh, hot on is a company called Separation Design Medical. Uh, it's a company that's uh, born out of some technology just south of Pittsburgh, out of a small college that is adapting an industrial application for generating oxygen from, just from air to generating oxygen from air in a very small device that uh, will weigh three to four pounds and can be worn around the patient's uh, neck or on the belt loop to allow a, a, a patient with um, a chronic uh, pulmonary disease to function normally, to actually uh, take public transportation and be able to carry around a device that's not uh, so heavy that they can't function. That's going to be a very dynamic application, and we think it's going to be one that's um, uh, making a dramatic improvement to healthcare. Another company is a company called uh, Cardio Robotics that has a um, product developed from an early technology that was called a snake robot that came out of some technology from Carnegie Mellon University that allows for an application, of surgical application, to reach a very difficult to reach surgical places without creating a lot of uh, damage to the patient and getting to that application. So, Many, many more, um, uh, mostly devices. But as I mentioned earlier, there are a number of the number of therapeutic applications coming up uh, in designing uh, early stage uh, treatments for Alzheimer's and ALS, and um, particular technology that's dealing with arthritis that will allow for the ease and of tracking and uh, purity of treatment for arthritis patients. So again, on and on it goes, and in lots of areas of of um, uh, disease uh, and healthcare care problems for patients. And we're, our companies are working on almost all, those, all the areas you could think of.
0: John, this has been most interesting. And to summarize, it seems as though your range of services include providing connectivity, which is certainly important, talent in terms of executive leadership. You uh, certainly have been a resource in terms of providing capital. And as we indicated earlier, you provide uh, space, in particular laboratories, space which is hard to come by for small firms that don't need a lot of space but need the appropriate type of quality laboratory space. So as you move forward and to uh, continue to uh, support the region and all these emerging technologies, uh, we will post on our website a connection to the Pittsburgh Life Sciences Greenhouse website, and I encourage our listeners to uh, contact John and his team if uh, there's an interest or a need in further information. Uh, As we conclude this podcast, I'd like to uh, remind our listeners that we welcome questions. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. And I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine who sponsors this podcast series. Until we meet again in two weeks, uh, best wishes, and we'll look forward to joining you again with another interesting interview. Thank you.